Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snow Shit podcast. Today, I have with me Dr. Susan Corso, who is a medical intuitive. She's a metaphysician. She's also the author of many, many books and also some books on what we're going to be talking about today. So, And she is an expert on the chakra system. She has over 40 years of experience of helping people apply the chakra system to be able to elevate their lives and their health. So welcome. Thank you so very much. It's lovely to be here with you, Jennifer. So today we're going to be talking um, all about what the chakra system is, why it's important, and how we use it to be able to create the life that we want. So when we know we're in a place where we're like, okay, there has to be something different, how do we get there? And how does the chakra system kind of fit into it? And let me start by saying, to be honest, I don't know like a whole lot about the chakra system. Like I have been exposed to it. I've done various chakra meditations, chakra healings, and things like that, but I would not definitely call myself an expert. And one of the things that I am super curious about, every time I've done any kind of chakra meditation or anything like that, it always points to throat chakra. And one of the things that I have realized is that a huge part of my vision is about using my voice. So on this podcast and speaking and all the other things that I do. So I'm so interested to dive into this topic with you today, because quite frankly, any topic that is about helping us empower ourselves by knowing ourselves better is like my jam. Like I want to know all the things there is. So can you tell us, first of all, like what is the chakra system? Like what are your chakras? The best thing about what you just asked me was, what is the chakra system? Mm. So mostly what people learn about chakras is that they're, we think of them as sort of flat hockey pucks in different colors attached to our spine. Like our spine is a ribbon that we have these circles hung on, right? That's not what the chakra system is at all. Not at all. Mm. It's three-dimensional spheres of energy. And the energy is the life force. Something makes your circulatory system want to circulate. And it's not just the fact that you have a heart because your lymph system doesn't have a pump like the heart, but your lymph system circulates the moment you move. Mm -hmm. So what makes your lungs respire? Well, I would call that the life force. You can call it whatever you like, prana, chi. You could call it Henry if you wanted. It doesn't really matter. The point is that the chakra system is that life force viewed through a prism. So mm. it tells you how, literally, how alive you are and aren't. But the system part of the question was the important part. And that's this. Most people, when they focus on chakras, they do a first chakra meditation or a fourth chakra meditation. Yeah. Or you, with your throat thing, would do a fifth chakra meditation, right? No, 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 no. The important part about the chakra system is that they all talk to each other. It's uh. a system. 
victim. Right. So you can't work in your fifth chakra and not think about your sixth chakra and your fourth chakra, because if four and six aren't talking to five, you've got a problem. Right. right? Which is what it means. Like me saying to you, okay, I'm going to play middle C and I'm going to say to you, Jennifer, this is music. And eventually you're going to say to me, no, it's not. It's a note. Music comes when you have a second note. Ah, okay. Or three or five. And then that makes a melody. So the important thing is that your chakras are all talking to each other. And what I've found in the world lately, and most particularly with women, is that we have been systematically cut off from the chakras that actually give us power. Mm, Interesting. Which is why we're all tired a lot of the time. So that's a very interesting comment. So what is it? Like, why is it that we are so disconnected from our chakras? Mostly because we're not, we don't have models that show us how to have power as women. Mm. We have models that show us how to have power as men, Mm. right? So what happens is we push and push and push and push and do this and are, you know, strong and clear and, you know, and then because we're in the push mode, so we're being dynamic is what that is, right? Push, putting ourselves out there. We forget about the other half of the equation. The whole planet is based on polarity. Witness day, night. I don't need to say any more than that for you to understand what polarity is. Well, okay. So the opposite of dynamism, go get them, is magnetism. Magnetism is what happens Uh when you bring things to you. Right. Right. Which is different than go get it. Right. Right. Go get it is a masculine model. Magnetism is a feminine model. But we don't have examples of that. We have women who behave like men. And I don't mean it as sort of black and white as that sounds or binary as that sounds, because it's not as binary as that, because it depends on what arena of your life you're talking about, right? You might be completely different in your romantic relationships than you are in your office life, right? Because the dynamism and the magnetism, actually, you want both available to you when you need it, right? If you're walking along a New York City street and your kid is about to step into traffic, you want to be dynamic and grab the kid by the ear. Right. Right. You don't want to say, sweetheart, come to mommy. The bus is coming. Right. Right. (laughs) It's really clear. Okay. So you need to have both. So essentially we push and push and push and push and push ourselves unnourished and women energetically are starving. That's what's happening. Mm. We're starving. Yeah. You know, that's so, it's very interesting you say that because, you know, for the, and I was saying this to you just before we jumped on the recording today, you know, so many of my clients that I'm seeing now are these, you know, beautiful, talented, ambitious women who are like energetically so drained, they have nothing left to give to themselves. And so now they're in this shift of like, you know, their career's changing, their family's changing, their kids are leaving home and they're considering what's next. And they literally have no resources available or any energy available to be able to consider that next chapter. And then they feel stuck. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing this, like, I just keep seeing this over and over and over again. And every time, you know, you know, I get a new client, it's the same story. And I'm like, wow, this is so true. So how do we use the chakras to support that? And like, what role is it that the chakras play? Because, you know, in, in my limited knowledge of the chakra system, I envision the seven chakras in their various different places, you know, 
from root chakra, solar plexus, all of those up, right? Are there, and you talked about this as a system rather than individuals, because I used to think about it, oh, you know, you'd hear people say, oh, your root chakra is blocked or whatever, (laughs) right? If your root chakra is blocked, darling, you're dead. Just so you know. (laughs) Okay. So, but this is how, but that's the context in which my experience with it has been. Of course. So how do we as women, and what's the importance, I guess, of, for us as women of getting all of these seven in their various respective places, like moving together or singing, you know, from the same tune, I guess. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. So a couple of things. One is And I don't know this for a fact about you, but I bet because your throat is so important, that's a place where you carry some vulnerability. Mm, Yeah. Right. And I'm going to tell tales here. We had this interview scheduled a week ago, but somebody lost her voice and it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes. Very true. That will be where you hold vulnerability. I've had 26 uh, different eye surgeries. Where do I hold vulnerability? In my sixth chakra, Mm. where my eyes are, right? So first and foremost, all your chakras will never be all completely functional at the same time, doing the same thing. I mean, unless, you know, it's the day that you win the lottery. It's the day, you know, it's the day that you finish your PhD, you know, in your peak experiences, sure. So they're constantly changing. The thing that we're not doing, and it's because we're not taught to do it. I'm not handing out guilt to anybody, believe me is we're not taught, A, that we have an energy system, right? There are no insurance codes for energy systems, right? You can't go to a doctor. Well, people used to go to doctors who sent their patients to me because I was the head of spiritual and energy medicine at a medical center for a long time, but they would send me the patients that weren't getting better. They were sending the patients like the ones you're meeting, like can't see the future. So first and foremost, we have to learn, A, that we have an energy system, B, how to work with it. How to work with it is you start to pay attention. And it's that simple. You don't mm-hmm. need a mat. You don't need a teacher. You don't need to buy my workbooks. You don't need to, you, you don't need to read a book. You don't need to learn about them. You need, when you walk into a room where you're about to have a meeting with somebody and your gut churns like under, well, like where your belly button is under your waist, what is your second chakra telling you? It can take you this long to find out. Stop, pay attention, get the message or tell it you can't deal with it right now. You'll listen later. But your body is giving you signals all the time. Mm. One of the coolest things about bodies, the coolest, coolest things about bodies is that they don't lie. Yeah. And they don't lie because they can't. Oh, yeah. Override them. Oh, no, it doesn't matter that I have a sore throat and I'm going out dancing when I know what I should do is go home and drink tea. But no, 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 I'm going out dancing. And so now I, that's Monday night. So now Thursday, I have to take off work because I'm sick because I didn't pay attention to the sore yeah. tickle on Monday. Right. So, yes. And we call that mind over matter. That's not mind over matter. That's brain over matter. That's a different. Thing, yeah. Right. So your chakras actually are your mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I like about a thousand things just flooded into my brain here. Okay. Okay. So first of all, I love what you were just saying about the body doesn't lie because 
I think so many of us, and this, I'm including myself in this, you know, I am reforming, (laughs) but still guilty sometimes. Like I had to get to the point, you know, that I was so physically burned out that I literally couldn't get out of bed in order for it to stop me in my tracks to say, uh, girlfriend, this path is no longer available to you. You're going on a different one. But had my body physically not shut me down, <laughs> right, I would have probably continued because, you know, I had invested a lot in the life I had built before. Like, you know, I had a great career, tons of money, you know, amazing opportunities, like all of this great stuff, you know, a family and all, all that stuff going on. And there was this little part of me that would go all the time. It'd be like this niggling little voice that would say, is this it? Is this all there is? Is this really your life? Is this what you want? And I would shut that voice down hard because I was too afraid to deal with it until eventually it all caught up with me, (laughs) right? And let me interrupt you one sec. Shut that voice down hard. We were just talking about vulnerabilities and your fifth chakra. Shut that (laughs) voice, she just said. Yes. This is the stuff you have to pay attention to. Exactly. In order to stay with your chakra system. Exactly. And this is okay. So now that you're explaining it, I'm like, this whole thing is coming together. And even then, like you were talking about, you know, the mind overriding the body, there was one point where even though I was like really sick and could barely get out of bed, there was still a part of my brain that said, you're going to go to the gym and work out until my trainer fired me. <laughs> one day, I like that, she, I walked in and she said to me, I'm not doing this with you anymore. And I'm like, Do, what are you talking about? Do what? And she's like, your body is clearly talking to you and you're not listening and I'm not going to participate in it. And I remember being so angry at her and took me about like, you know, a week and a half to come down and go, oh my God, she's so right. Right. But it literally, again, took that happening because I have a powerful mind and I can override my body. And I see this all the time with so many women, like we've been taught to override all of the signals to do the thing, work harder, do more, get better, like all of that. And we're just like pushing ourselves into the ground. My first assignment to anybody who's doing that is take three days off. Yeah. Take three days off and read a novel. (laughs) Read a novel. You may not watch television that teaches you anything. You may watch junk, right? But don't learn anything. Don't (laughs) study anything. Don't make a list. Don't outline it. That's the other thing. I mean, let's talk about what we're actually talking about is neglect. Yes. Which Call is it what a it is. form of abuse. abuse. Yes. Right. I mean, let's let's name this for what it is. And socially and civilizationally, I just made that up, but okay. We as women are taught to self-neglect. Yeah. We are taught that that is what gives us value. Exactly. And so what happens? What happens is somebody comes along and says, oh, no, no, self-care. You need some expensive bath salts and a more expensive than that journal. And I go, no, go to Woolworths, buy a spiral notebook and a pencil or a box of crayons, even better, right? You don't need any of that stuff. What you need, what we all need, so interesting, right? Talk about words. We need to pay attention. Yeah. Hello, pay attention. It costs something to pay attention. And what it costs is your focus so that if you're focused on how you are, you're not focused on me or my needs. 
whoa. Yeah. That's why I say it's attending. That's all it is. And what you were saying earlier is that women, it feels like women are, are not in attendance. Okay. That's called absent. Yeah. And but that's exactly, we, yeah. Who are we absent to? Right. Not everybody around us who needs this, 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 this carpool, that thing, this, 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 this. No, no, no. Who are we absent to? Hello? Who is that woman in the bathroom mirror? Yeah. Have I ever met her before? That is so true. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, and the fact that we have to get to some level of like for me, and I see this all the time with other women as well, too, that we have to get to this place of complete energetic depletion before we will pay attention is just so sad. And I, I, oh boy, this is a hard one. So put your seatbelt on for one second. And that's this. We have participated in creating the culture Mm -hmm. That allows that, that encourages that, that asks that of us. And I don't mean to beat anybody up. I don't mean to beat up anybody's religion or family or belief systems or politics. But if we can't own that we at some level said yes then we're not taking responsibility for ourselves. And if you can't take responsibility for how bad it is, darlings, how are you going to take responsibility for how good it is? Oh. You can't. <sighs> okay, you're touching me again on all kinds of levels. Like, okay, I have this thing. So speaking of your body, when I hear something that's like absolute truth, like I know it to be true. I have this thing called the tears of truth. And anybody listening to this podcast has seen me do it where somebody says something that resonates on such a deep level that my body reacts. Like my brain hasn't even fully comprehended it, but my body's reacted to it. And what you just said about taking responsibility, like deep radical responsibility for the situation in which we find ourselves is so critically important and it's so difficult to do. And when we talk about taking radical responsibility, it's not beating yourself up because oh, no. gosh, we are so good at that, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> right. We, got, we can pummel ourselves to death, but it's just being able to look and say that I control this situation. I got myself here and I can get myself out of it. Like that's the responsibility. And I know like I, I remember like lying in my bed and saying to myself, okay, if I want my life to be different, I have to show up differently in it. Okay. And then I was like, oh, and how do I do that? Like, where do I even start? Right. And the truth is that you couldn't know how. No, exactly. You couldn't, you couldn't know how, because you weren't even looking at a possible destination. I used to have a client who always joked with me, how do you get to Chicago? We were in New York city. And I said to her, well, if you're at my house, you turn left and you keep going. Otherwise, if you turn right, you end up in the water. <laughs> right. But if you're in San Francisco, you turn right. <laughs> right. So we need to know where we're starting. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't know where you're starting, like if you can actually look at that beautiful, amazing, divine face in the mirror and say, okay, I don't like where I am. I don't like that I can't get out of bed. When I was 42, I was in so much pain, I could not get in and out of a car. And I had to make a big change. But instead of looking at it that way, big change, oh my God, right? And scaring the living daylights out of myself. I went, hmm, what would make me feel better right now? Mm, well, right. The first thing I did was I walked 
to Gristidi's, which is a grocery store in New York City. And I bought an orange because I saw a flash of orange in my third eye. Mm. What was I doing? I was actually treating my second chakra, which is the chakra where joy starts. Oh, so that's fascinating because, you know, after my first thought about like, okay, so how do I do this? Like, how do I, you know, I'd be like, okay, what would feel really, and that's literally what I did. What would feel good to me in this second? And I remember like walking over to the park, like a 10 minute walk would exhaust me. I remember walking to the park across the street from my house and sitting on the grass with my back against the tree. And I literally just sat there for like, you know, half an hour. And I'm like, this is all I'm capable of. And this feels exactly right in this moment. But it was very instinctual. Like I had to be like, okay, in this very second, not what do I want for the rest of my life? Not what's next. It's like in this next second, what would feel good to me? And that's literally how I built my life was by following that instinctual, like, okay, what feels good next? What feels good next? And what you were doing was treating your first chakra, which is where the life force originates right? What were you doing? You were sitting on tree roots, right? Dealing with your own root. Ah, yes, yes. You had to get here again, and out of your head, out of your brain, out of your thinky, thinky, think, 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 oh, I can figure this out. It's not a problem. I'm smart. I know how to do this. I mean, I say this about myself all the time, just because it makes me laugh, right? I have a doctorate. I can do this. Yeah. Oh, that does not mean that. Yeah. Not even close right? But you know what to do if you'll pay attention. But we're not taught to pay attention to ourselves. We're taught that that's selfish, that that's wrong, that that's taking from others. Can't you just be focused on others and doing good for others? Oh, honey, I have done so much good for others, starting with raising my three younger brothers in an alcoholic household. Believe you me, I know what doing for others is. But if somebody doesn't do for me, and I don't mean, you know, go buy a mink coat unless you really need one, right? But I mean, go get an orange, go sit on a tree root. Yeah. I'm not talking about expensive things. I'm talking about mindful. And I don't mean that in a like sit and meditate and, you know, wear Lululemon. I don't mean any of that. Although you can do all that if you want. That's not the solution. What I'm saying is what you need, you have right now. If you'll stop to ask about what that might be. Yeah. And that's what we don't do. That's exactly. Oh, gosh, I say this all the time. Like everything we need is inside of us. And you made a point a little bit earlier about, you know, like our brain being in our body. It's not like, you know, our, no, what was it? Your mind is in your body, right? Your mind is your chakras. Your chakras record everything. That's Mm. where your memory is. That's where your past lives are. That's where your karma is. That's where your lessons are, right? Think about this. People talk about their subconscious minds all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Where is that exactly? Right. (laughs) It's not in your brain. No, it's not. Everybody knows what's in your brain. It's in your body, body. your subconscious mind, which is why, I mean, think about this. I mean, this is a whole nother podcast, but How many women do you know who love their bodies? Mm. Oh, we love them, but we love them except for this or except for. (laughs) Additionally. Or except for, right? Well, excuse me. It's the whole thing. The body comes all together, 
right? And all of it is an information system. But we instead have been taught to reject our bodies, to manipulate our bodies, to hurt our bodies, to be literally neglectful and unkind for our bodies. And we want to know why there's infertility. Excuse me. Washboard abs don't go with soft places for babies to hang in there. You know, they just don't. Yeah. So it's a it's a she went that away, if you will. Right. Well, and I think because so much of that is like, you know, women, as women, we've been taught to see our value in, you know, are we, is our body physically pleasing to somebody outside of us? Right. And so, and gosh, I was so guilty of this. I mean, I viewed my body as simply the thing that held up my head that I manipulated into whatever kind of shape I wanted it to be in. Right. With little thought to what, like that she's actually talking to me, communicating with me, telling me, informing me, educating me. Like you just said something really important. Did you hear yourself? She, she, yes. I refer to her as she now. (laughs) Now. I do too. My body is, my body is a she. Yeah. Not everybody's is, but what your body isn't is the body. Body, a thing. (laughs) Like people say, oh, how's the leg today? What the leg you keep in your front closet? (laughs) It's your leg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. She so important. Wow. Suddenly there's life and energy in that, in a body that has an identity because your body holds your identity. Yeah. Because without it, you're really not going to get to do any of those other things. I think that's the thing too, because like, in order for, for me to get to where I am now, you know, living the life that I am now, I had to b- build a whole other relationship. Like a huge part of that building relationship with myself was building a relationship with my body and seeing her as a partner, as opposed to, again, this thing that I manipulated into some shape or form. Right. And to the point that like, now I'm at this place where my body can react to something. Like I just talked about before my mind has even comprehended it. Right. I'm yeah, having a reaction. Right. And then I can be like, oh, wait a minute. What was that? Right. Like I haven't even fully comprehended what you just said, but I just had a reaction to it. Right. And now like I've built that system of communication, if you will, both ways. Right. Where it's not just about what's happening in my head and forcing myself to do the things that I don't necessarily want to do or to believe what you're telling me. Right. Because I have this other part of me that is also online and talking to me. Well, you have an intranet. Right. (laughs) Right. Very good way to put it. Yes. You have an internet, you have an infrastructure that supports your being. Yes. Which our beings need. I want to tell you a story about someone who had a throat chakra thing, because part of what the chakras do is they help people clean up their past Mm -hmm. in order to make a new future. And that's what you were asking about initially was making a new future. So I had a woman come to me many years ago. She was an opera singer and she had lost the top third of her range. She was a coloratura opera singer and she had a series of contracts to sing opera in Europe all summer long. And it was her income for the year, but she was going to have to cancel them all because she couldn't hit the notes. It was that simple. So finally, she'd been to ENT, she's, she'd been to Healer, she'd been all over the place. She, somebody sent her to me as a medical intuitive. I listened to her tell the story, and I finally said to her, I'm going to startle you. And she said, all right. And I said, how old were you when you had the abortion? 
This is a woman in her mid forties. Her eyes got really big. She said to me, I never told anyone I had an abortion. How do you know? I said, well, I have a good boss. And I listen when she talks to me. And she said, I was 14. I said, okay. I said, were you raised Catholic? I'm not Catholic bashing. She said, yes, but I'm not a Catholic anymore. I said, that's okay. Were you Catholic when you were 14? She said, oh yes, I was in Catholic school. I said, uh-huh. And so that I said, that 14-year-old drew conclusions about yourself and you are now suffering their consequences. So I said, I'm going to give you two words. I want you to say them all as often as you can in the next week. And you should be able to sing relatively soon. And she just looked at me like I was, you know, from planet Q. <laughs> right. Sure, lady, whatever. So I said to her, te absolvo, which is what a priest says to someone at the end of confession. Mm -hmm. I absolve you. She said it sitting in front of me and opened her mouth. And she had a note higher than mm. she'd had when she sat down in my chair, right? So 40 years, this woman is suffering with vocal problems, nodes, surgery, and she's an opera singer because she's punishing herself for something that happened to her when she was 14. So I finally said to her, how do you know that you didn't do God a great service by having this spirit come and be in your system for six weeks? Maybe that's all the soul needed. And maybe that soul and God are grateful to you. Well, 10 days later, my phone rang and her entire range was back and she went to Europe and sang all her concerts, right? What is that? That's your body telling you that something needs to be done. Something needs to be dealt with, right? We all, now, that's not always that dramatic. That's a hell of a right. story. Yeah, right? it's powerful. But wow, there are, how many women do you know who have those, what I call the name, the, the diseases with no beginning and no end? Epstein-Barr, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, all those, you know, lupus, Lyme, all those immune diseases. What do we need to be immune from uh -huh. or immune to? Right. Which is why actually I work with eight chakras, which is the eight chakra is in front of your thymus gland and it is about immunity. It sits outside your body. Rose pink. Interesting. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the importance of the chakras positioned where they are and the color associated with it, because everybody's kind of seen that drawing with the, you know, from the red, yellow, blue, moving upwards. Can you talk a little, and I find it fascinating what you just said about this, the chakras being kind of a storage of things like they're constantly tracking, monitoring, measuring, storing all this stuff which you just articulated in that story. So can we talk a little bit about the chakras and their positioning and the importance of their positioning? Mm -hmm. The chakras are actually correlative specifically to endocrine glands. And the endocrine glands are the sphinx of the human system. And the reason they are the sphinx is because it's the only system that compensates for itself. So if your thyroid gland isn't working very well, your adrenals will work harder. Mm -hmm. So you go and you think you're exhausted and they give you adrenal support, but adrenal support doesn't help because that's not where the problem is. The problem is in your thyroid, right? So endocrinologists are sort of smoke and mirrors people <laughs> in the sense that they work really, really hard to figure out where something's originating 
Well, the chakra system can tell you where anything originates. Mm. The first one is at the perineum at the bottom of your spine. It's a bing cherry red. The second one is right a little bit below your belly button and it's pumpkin orange. The third one is at your solar plexus, it's your diaphragm. And that's egg yolk yellow. And that's the one that so many women have trouble with, right? Yeah. That's where your power is seated, mm -hmm. right? Your personal heart is emerald green and it's by your physical heart. Then there's an eighth chakra that sits in front of your thymus gland. which you, And we all mostly know about the thymus gland because of HIV AIDS, right? That's where, you know, T cells live. Well, mm. this is emotional, spiritual, and psychological immunity as mm. well as physical immunity, right? Then the fifth chakra is turquoise and it's in your throat. That's your thyroid and parathyroid gland. Your sixth chakra is your third eye, you know, between your brows. That's indigo, which is that color that no one can ever figure out what it is, but it's sort of blue purple. Right. <laughs> purple, blue, blue, purple. And then the one at the top is violet. It's the crown chakra. And the way I teach them, I teach the chakras much more simply than most people do. A lot of people like to make systems like this complicated and a million layers and all this. Mm -mm. There's a front to your chakra and a back to your chakra. The front is about what's happening in them going forward. The back is about, is about what used to happen. Mm -hmm. So for example, you, let's say you're doing great financially. Everything's wonderful. Things are happy. You have a great sex life, but you have a lower back pain that's bugging you. Right. So below your waist, right above your coccyx, there's that sort of lumbar place. You know, they used to call it lumbago in the olden days. What is that? Well, if you know that the realm in which the second chakra functions is wealth, the question that you would learn to ask yourself or that I would ask you is, hmm, did you grow up in poverty? Did you grow up in a family that suffered financially? Because what you're doing is you're remembering emotionally the energetics of what happened around you. Maybe not a story. Maybe you were two when your parents started arguing about money. So when you're two, right, or three or five, you have much simpler ways of understanding emotions, right? So if you heard an argument when you were five, all you know is that dad was mad and mom was sad and you felt bad right? I have a theory about human emotions. It only works in English, but there are four of them. If they don't rhyme, they don't count. Mad, bad, sad, glad, right? right. The rest are intellectual variations. Fine. But a five-year-old is not frustrated or resentful or annoyed or irked or PO'd. A five-year-old is mad. Right. They get mad for 90 seconds. They're done. They go watch a party video. Everything's fine, right? But we get mad and we get mad and we get mad and we tell our bestie and we're mad about that and we're mad about this and we mad, 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 right? So we take that in and it lives in our bodies. What that chakra is saying to you, the backside of you is, hmm, you need to forgive yourself for doing better than your parents. You need to see if your parents need some help that you can give them, right? And you need to give yourself permission to be as successful as you want to be, as financially successful as you want to be. But we hold ourselves back. Mm. right? Well, that's what's happening. So all those colors, right? I just said, you know, red, orange, yellow, emerald green, turquoise, indigo, violet. Well, it's not red, orange. It's red, red, orange, orange, right. orange, yellow, right? yellow. It's a continuum. Yeah, that's right. It's a rainbow. 
and they all have to talk to each other. So I love to say this to people, you know, if you were working in an emergency room and somebody came in with a gunshot wound, would you poke it? You wouldn't, <laughs> right. right? You don't poke yourself where you hurt. If your lower back hurts and it's your second chakra, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on in your first chakra? Does your second chakra need some support? Send a little red up to orange friend, right? Or does your second chakra need a little bit of power from your third chakra? So send a little bit of yellow down, right? Everybody talking to each other. Right. So when you have that tickle in your throat, if you absolutely have to go and give a speech, right? You send a little love up from your heart. You send some wisdom knowing I'm going to drink hot tea the whole time. I'll make sure I, I have some lozenges. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. And everybody starts to flow together instead of one having to take over because you're pushing it, right? Uh. So I've been an intuitive since I was a kid, since I was five. And I grew up in an alcoholic household. What that meant as a kid, I didn't know this, but was my intuition was on 150% alert morning, noon, night, no matter where I was, because I never knew what my parents were going to do with my younger brothers ever, right? Whoa, go out into the real wor world and go to work in New York City. Oh my God, walking on the sidewalk was like enough to make me nauseous because I could see I, I had radar for everybody. I was 26 before I figured out I could turn it off. Mm. Never dawned on me I could turn it off. I couldn't. I lived in a high alert situation. Now, slowly but surely, things got calmer and I didn't have to be on such high alert. But I was only, it was only when I was 26 that I found I was standing on the corner of 52nd and Madison and I said out loud, stop. I cannot look at one more aura, one more picture, one more affair that someone's having on the way home from work. No, thank you. And it all stopped. It all went away. Wow. I went, oh my God, what just happened? Well, I sat down and meditated and I said, hey, and you know, the mother said to me, darling, you could have turned it off anytime. You didn't ask. Right, right. right. Oh, oh. So it's actually part of what we're talking about here is self-interest. Mm, yeah. Really being interested in you and yeah. determining that you're worth your own interest. Yeah. You know what? That is so true because, you know, and again, in a world where you know, we are constantly taught to seek outside of ourselves for validation. You know, am I a good mom? Am I a good wife? Is my body physically pleasing? Like, you know, am I doing a good job? Right. And then to be able to turn that in. And again, like you said, we've never been taught how to like start paying attention to, you know, am I pleasing to me? <laughs> right. Right. Like, do I think I'm doing a great job? Like, yeah. I mean, if we can accomplish one thing in this life, if I can accomplish one thing in this lifetime and it's to get more women to turn their attention inwards, like I think like I will die a very, very, very happy woman. <laughs> My soul contract. And you will have, and you, right. You will have served. You will have served mm -hmm. because we're not taught that. And I think it's different for younger women than I am. Certainly yeah. I'll be 65 a week from today. And what I was taught about how to be a woman and what it is to be a woman and how to function in the world, I've had to unlearn a whole lot. And most of it's just a relief, right? I can actually skip wearing white gloves. 
I don't have to worry about anyone wearing white shoes after Labor Day unless they want to. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I mean, those were the rules that I grew up with, right? I mean, you think about that. I learned all those rules in the, I was born in the late 50s. So yeah. So younger women than I have it a little easier, younger than that, a little yeah. easier. Yeah. But still the patriarchal, I know this sounds like a contradiction, matrix, right? Of how we are taught to see ourselves in the world is taking a lot of dismantling. And the only place you can do it successfully is between your own ears. Yeah, that is so true. And, And because I truly believe that this time of our lives, like this, like my generation of women coming into midlife, it really is about unlearning everything that we've learned about what it means to be a woman in the world and to start tapping into our own inner knowledge, our own value, our own gifts, because that's the legacy like that we're leaving in this next chapter, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I just see so many beautiful, brilliant, talented women who have just so much to give, you know, who are completely spent and burnt out, right? And I'm like, okay, this is your signal. This is your signal that you are being called into a different way of being like we're being called out of that life where we do for others we're being called into our inner life at this point and it's so critically important well and to neglect it and to continue to willful it's one thing to neglect it if you don't know there is such a thing Mm -hmm. right that's that's one thing but if you know that you have an inner life and you willfully neglect it yeah you're, I mean, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. And we don't take our own hurting ourselves very seriously, but in the long run, it's really serious. I mean, you yeah. want to take a saw to your own bone, right? But that's <laughs> right. what we're doing to our psyches and our spirits and our souls and our emotions by manipulating, by self-manipulating. Yeah. So let's take it back to what you were just talking about, you know, when you were talking about, uh, you know, having the shocker that is telling you about, you know, the past and the future. And the example that you were giving about kind of having your own money or wealth container and, you know, feeling challenged in that area. Like, okay, so if there's somebody listening and that resonated with them, like what you just said, what do they do? How do they shift the energy from where you were to what moving forward? Are there like, strategies, tips, and tools. And I know you have books written by on, on all of this. And so I will make sure that those are all linked in the show notes. But is there a practical tip or some kind of advice that you would give somebody to help them kind of start refocusing that energy? Sure. sure. The first thing you want to do is you want to essentially report to yourself on the sensations that go with the memories. Mm, interesting. So, so here's what I'm talking about. So let's say you have that pain in your lower back, right? And it's a it's not a pain, it's an ache, right? Okay. Is that ache worse at different times of the day? Is that ache hot or cold? Does that ache move? Or does it always stay in the same place? If you move in a different way, does the ache change? So get interested. Mm. Like get crazy, fall in love interested with the problem, right? Because most of the time when we have difficulties like that, we ignore them, right? So instead, turn around and you're like, okay, come here, sweetheart. I need to know all about you. So tell yourself the sensory reports. So let's just say that that ache stays in the same place all the time and it's hot. Oh, so 
I'm next going to say, hmm, are you mad about it? Mm. It's hot. Are you mad? Do you want to tell someone off? Do you feel something in your throat chakra because there's something you haven't said or something you wish you hadn't said, right? So what you want to do is you want to start to get interested and you essentially become a detective into your own energy system. You learn what it means when your lower back aches and it's hot. Maybe it's that somebody in your office plugs you in like crazy and she reminds you of the person you met in the second grade who, I don't know, put ink in your braids, put paint in your braids, right? And that makes you mad. And it's showing up there. Okay. So what you're eventually looking for is the origin of the mm, problem. Gotcha. Right. The time origin. So you might be looking at this and suddenly have a sense that your grandmother's around who's been dead for, I don't know, 25 years. And you go, grandma, what does grandma have to do with it? Wait a minute. Maybe this is ancestral. Maybe this is lineage information that is being passed from woman to woman to woman. And I'm carrying the worry of our whole family. Mm -hmm. Oh right. my God. Wait a minute. Do I have to do that anymore? I'm doing fine financially. Do I want to give my daughter this responsibility? Oh no. How about this? Let the buck stop here. I'm not giving my daughter this fear or this worry or this doubt or this guilt or the, any of these things, right? I am resolving it. Okay. You turn around and you say to that pain, okay, what do you need? What can I give you, right? You may get the, like, you may get the silliest thing, you know, uh, eat an orange every day for five days. Okay. Eat an orange every day for five days. There are all kinds of people heal themselves with color all the time. They do it in the food they eat. They do it in the clothes they wear. They do it in the patterns that they wear. What? Like today, I am actually wearing a polka dot top and black and white striped socks because it's cold. All right. What did I need? What did I need this morning? I needed to be clear. Mm -hmm. Right. I needed things to be black and white clear. And what's happening to me in my own personal life right now, I have a choice between like six different projects. I could go any different way I wanted. And I'm not clear. Now, mm. I didn't think about that until right. after I was dressed. Right. But I'm wearing black and white. How do I get clear? Right. Okay. So all those things, you can get information from outside you and you can get information from inside you. It's one of the reasons that I... Um, I recommend what I call the less mores. Every chakra has behaviors that go with it. So the second chakra, less mores, are the less is less transacting, right? So stop calculating. I gave you this. You need to give me that, right? Now, are the people outside you doing that? Are they reflecting that to you? Hmm. Are you doing it inside, right? The more is more discovering. Tell me about that. Teach me about that. Let me learn about you and how you're doing this. The more openness you can create by stopping doing one thing and starting doing something else. See, human beings don't not do things yeah. very well, right? Yeah. You know that, right? Don't think about green bottom eye. How fast? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Right. There you are. Well, okay. So substituting one behavior, right? Transactional 
interaction versus, huh, let me learn about you. Let me grow. Let us share something important together. Very different energetic connection, even just saying it, Mm -hmm. right? The less mores. Now I would offer a gift actually to your listeners, which is, we can put this in the show notes if you would. There are digital downloads that you can get of all the less mores and you can start working with your chakras right now this minute at chakras.susancorso.com, which I will send you later, Jennifer. Don't worry about that. But what they do, and they are real freebies. You don't have to put your email address in. I'm not going to Shanghai you. (laughs) Um, It's digital downloads that list all the less mores for all the chakras. Oh, cool. So you can start right now with, but first self-investigation, become a detective, Holmes. You need to be Holmes for a while, right? And observe. And what eventually will happen is you will be led to an originating memory. Might be from another life. It might be from this life. It might be like that you see suddenly a scene from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid that suddenly makes the whole thing make sense to you. The body speaks in symbols, right? Yeah, that's so true. It does. You have to learn to interpret your own mythology, right? Like mythobiography. How about that? We'll just make up words as we go. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, but that's, there is an integrity to you. This is what I believe about human beings, but I don't mean integrity like superhero with a cape. I don't mean a morality guy. What I mean is this, you are whole. What if you approach your life like you are whole, like you are not flawed, you don't have issues, you don't have a problem, you're not broken. What if you are an integrity like an integer, a whole number? Uh Well, if you are whole, like we said earlier, the answer is inside you. Yeah. What it takes is time and attention. But you can do chakra work at a stoplight, right? Right. It can be that fast when you get used to doing it. And I would not be anywhere near as happy, as healthy, as anything as I could be if I didn't do this work. Because here I work with people's other people's chakra systems, right? So if I didn't know my own system, right, I would be projecting it all over you. Right. So I wouldn't be able to read you. Oh, this is so fascinating. So fascinating. Like we could keep talking for (laughs) four hours. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And, you know, listeners, if I can leave you with one thing, it's just like start tuning in and paying attention. Like there's a wealth of information inside of us. You know, the chakra systems is definitely one way that we can access that information. And I'll make sure that all of this stuff gets in the show notes so that you can access Find Susan and uh, find out more about the work that she does. So thank you. Thank you. My sincere pleasure. It was a great joy to talk to you. It's nice to have someone who has the same agenda I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are most definitely on the page. So to my listeners, if you like what you heard, the greatest honor that you could give us would be a rating or a review wherever you listen to this podcast, or even better than that is to share it with a friend that you think might get something out of it. You know, this Our mission collectively is to inspire more and more women. So we appreciate you listening. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in. 